0: Welcome back to our third segment of today's show of Solid Steps Radio. And we are talking with Don Whitney, talking about prayer. And something that every person would probably say, hey, how's your prayer life? They would probably say, not where I want it to be. And uh, there, something that Don said earlier in, in the show, if you want to hear the entire show, go to our iTunes. You can go to SoundCloud. You can go to Facebook.com forward slash Solid Steps Radio. Listen to the entire show in its entirety. We post those on Monday. But uh, he said, it's not the man, it's the method. So there's nothing wrong with you if you don't know how to pray. And I remember something you said last week, Don, you said, you can't do something. I'm paraphrasing. You can't do something you haven't been taught. And that praying is something that you can be taught.
1: And this, you know, uh, what I love about this is we can teach others and and point others to, you know, just to increase and improve their prayer life. Because it can be so boring, it can be so kind of almost irrelevant. Irrelevant, almost. I mean, it's just, it's just so tiresome, and yet I love this fresh way, uh, this fresh perspective of what you're talking about, Don. Uh,
2: Yeah, it is. It is fresh, and the thing about it is, it's fresh every day. It's not just, well, this is some new teaching, and now uh, next time, you know, it's going to start to become routine. Every day is a different prayer. Because you're going through a different passage of Scripture. And so, even though you pray about the same things every day, which is normal because your life doesn't change dramatically too often from one day to the next, yet it's a different prayer because you're praying your concerns through a different passage of Scripture. And that's just so easy to do.
1: So, uh, you know, so whatever day of the month it is, you can just grab, you know, Psalm 29, or, you know, what, again whatever I, I liked what you said last time then you add 30 add days 30. to that to each uh, whatever the day is so if, if today's the 29th and you just fast forward 30 days and and you have several different uh, several different options to pray those scriptures back to the Lord
2: yeah the benefit of that some people say well that sounds a little complicated even though even though it's not just you take the day of the month and add 30 but the benefit of that is it it, it it, keep, it gives you a place to go. The last thing we need in our devotional life is, you know, to come to the psalms, say, okay, I'm going to pray one of the psalms like I learned on the program. And they look at one and say, nah, I don't like that one. And so they thumb through and find another one. And they look at it, nah, I prayed that one the other day. Well, they're already going downhill. You know, they're already losing momentum. That's the last thing we need in our devotional life. Well, the psalms of the day it gives you five different psalms to look at every day, and I just say, look, take 30 seconds and just pick the one that stands out to you. And, and then the second benefit is over time, it's going to take you through all 150 psalms in a systematic way. They're all equally inspired. They're all equally worthy of being prayed through. They're not all equally easy to pray through, for sure. And that's why to have five different psalms every day is, is just a great benefit. It's, it's worked for me for about more than 30 years.
1: Oh, wow. That's, that's awesome. He, um, talk with us, Don, about how you can, you can even expand beyond the Psalms. How do we, yeah, how do we use the other pieces of Scripture?
2: Yeah, I, I do believe the Psalms are the easiest place in Scripture from which to pray Scripture because of the, the inspired purpose of the Psalms. All the Bible is equally inspired, but not all the books of the Bible were inspired for the same purpose. The Psalms, as your listeners probably know, were originally the Songbook of Israel they were songs. They were songs inspired by God to be sung back to God. Mm. In other words, these are uh, these are praises we know God accepts. This is true praise. And uh, Ephesians 5.19, Colossians 3.16 tell us we're still today to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So because it's the only book of the Bible inspired by God for the very purpose of being reflected to God, I think the psalms uh, generally are the easiest place in Scripture from which to pray Scripture. However, I believe you can pray other parts of the Bible as well, all the Bible, once, once you know how to do it. And so I think the next best place are the New Testament letters. And that's because there's usually just so much packed into almost every single verse. So I, I just picked it written in First Thessalonians chapter 2, and I intentionally picked a, a passage that's not so familiar, perhaps, to your listeners. So what would it be like to pray through 1 Thessalonians 2? Well, let me back up and say, why would someone want to pray through 1 Thessalonians (laughs) 2 in the first place? Most likely, it's because they were doing their daily Bible reading there, and they said, you know what, this really ministered to me. I want to go back and pray through what I just read through. Mm. So, for example, 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 1, For you yourselves know, brothers, that our coming to you was not in vain. If I had been praying through this passage this morning before we, we came on the air, I would have said, Lord, I pray that my coming to the Solid Steps radio program would not be in vain. I don't want to waste the listener's time. I don't want to waste my time. I pray instead there would be much lasting fruit come from this, that no one would turn off this program and say, well, that was in vain. That was a waste of time. And so I would just go through that passage mm-hmm. just like that, talking to God about what comes to mind. And you know what? That's going to be different than any prayer you ever pray in your life, mm-hmm. and you never run out of anything to say. I require my students at the seminary once during the semester to spend four consecutive hours alone with God, and the first day I say that, you should you know, see their response, but after I've taught them how to meditate on Scripture and how to pray the Bible, almost every one of them reports later that they spent more than four hours, not because they had to, but because they were enjoying it so much. Because if you have plenty of time, you just keep turning the page. You never run out of anything to say in your prayer. Mm. But most of us, most days, the time available for prayer would be closer to four minutes than four hours, right? But this method still works. You just don't get as far through the passage. So that's the second best place. And and do I have the time briefly to talk about a narrative passage? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So then let's talk about how do you pray through a narrative, a story? This is important, guys, to know this because that's the biggest chunk of our Bible. Uh, Most of the Gospels are narrative, the book of Acts, all those Old Testament stories. But there's one big difference in praying through a narrative passage and in what we've seen thus far. Uh, Thus far, we've looked at the text microscopically. Uh, The Lord is my shepherd. Five words. You can pray a long time over those five words, perhaps, uh, as we showed in 1 Thessalonians uh, 2, verse 1. You know, just a few words there, and you can pray about. Uh, a number of things may come to mind, but with a narrative, you have to back up and get the big picture. Uh, for example, if I were to pray through uh, the narrative in John chapter 5, it begins with, after this, there was a feast of the Jews. Well, <laughs> you know, what do you do with that? If you had to come up with something, you might pray about feasting or confess that you feasted too much. Uh, no, probably what you're going to do is look at all nine verses in this narrative, in this story. And pray about the big, broad brushstrokes that are there. Because, guys, usually in a narrative in the Scripture, you have you, have, uh, you know uh, all these stage-setting verses that lead up to a punchline. And it may only be the punchline you'd pray about in a narrative, not, not every detail that leads up to it. Though, uh, and let me hasten to add, any detail that prompts you to pray about something, pray about it. But once people have done this, I'm convinced they can open up to any part of their Bible. And actually do it. And so, the most important thing I would say at this point in in this interview would be for the listeners to actually try it. When I teach this in a in a church setting, about halfway through, I say, "Okay, folks, now you're going to do this. This is the most important part of the whole time." And I give them about seven minutes to pray through a psalm. Mm. In in the book on praying the Bible, chapter seven, I say, "This is the most important chapter in the book. I want you to put the book down now, and I want you to pray for seven minutes." And then I say, did you do it? Did you put the book down, or are you still reading? (laughs) I'm serious. I want you to put the book down and actually pray through a psalm for about seven minutes. And once you've done that, people don't need any notes to remember how to do it. It's like riding a bicycle. Once they've done it, they never forget how. So I can't urge your listeners uh, any more strongly to, when they finish listening to this program, take one of the psalms and just talk to God about what comes to mind. Try it for five, six, seven minutes. You'll be amazed how quickly the time passes at your ability to focus, and I believe it will greatly bless their prayer life.
1: Don, t- um, so, so you mentioned John chapter 5. This is the healing at the pool of Bethesda. Uh, help our listeners. Just pray a prayer um, that you would pray so that our listeners can, can again, get an example kind of under their under the belt here
2: well i mean for example it goes in verse five one man was there who had been invalid for 38 years just right there you may be pressed to pray for someone that you know very well and they've had some disability for many many years and you just it's just part of who they are that's all you've known them and so you almost take it for granted but almost certainly they get discouraged by that disability quite often Mm -hmm. and you might pray that like this man had the same disability 38 years before he was healed Pray for God to heal that person, perhaps, though it's been a long time. Pray that they would be encouraged. Perhaps pray they, if they're not converted through this, it would lead them to Jesus. And so as you just go through the passage of some kind of things, might come to mind, Lord, I pray that, that you would have mercy on this friend of mine mm. who has this disability, and would you heal them just like you healed this man here. Yes.
0: Wow. That's good. Hey, Don, we're going to take our final break, and we're going to come back, give ourselves a little bit of time in the next segment to talk a little bit more about Praying the Bible, and, and where do we go from here? Maybe how do we teach this to other people? Uh, how do we learn it? And maybe give some examples of people who have, you know, prayed the Bible and, and, and all, and all of the, uh, the fruit can, that can come from that. So we're going to take a break here on Solid Steps Radio, and we'll be back for our final segment with Don Whitney of Southern Seminary. Welcome back to our final segment. Of Solid Steps Radio. We want to thank our sponsors, Carol Rogers at Carpet One and LN Credit Union, for sponsoring the show. If you need some new carpet or flooring or you have some financial needs, please look those guys up. We appreciate their helping us out here on the show. We're talking to Don Whitney today, talking about our prayer life. And a question I would ask is, How's your prayer life? And the answer is probably not, the answer probably is like mine, it's not nearly where you want it to be. And we've been speaking the past hour, better part of an hour with Don Whitney about our prayer life. And he's got a book called Praying the Bible. Uh, it is at biblicalspirituality.org, Amazon, or you can go to a Christian bookstore and find that. And it is a great read and talking about how we can amp up our prayer life and be taught the methods and uh, how to improve that.
1: You know, guys, listeners, if, you, if you've got family, uh, kids, grandkids, Nephews, nieces, pick up that book. Pick up that book and begin to implement this practice in your family. I think it will absolutely be life-changing in our kids and our grandkids. You know, The goal is how do we continue to pass on our faith so that our great-grandkids, our great-great-grandkids know and walk with Jesus and, can, and follow God and uh so don I, I i'm just grateful for what god has put on your heart and how he's taught you and how you're passing it on to others and how we can improve you know our prayer life and using using the scriptures so um you know we talked in, in the break don about how jesus did this how jesus used the scriptures in his own prayer time to talk about that with with us please
2: Yes, well, most significantly, uh, of the seven uh, brief things Jesus said on the cross, two of them, uh, he was praying psalms. Uh, the longest thing he said was, "My God, my God, why have you forsaken me?" which is the first verse of psalm twenty two and psalm twenty two is prophetic about the crucifixion. And uh, Jesus was literally fulfilling psalm twenty two at that at that moment. And so I believe, uh, he was, when he sank back down, he would have to push up on that spike in his feet in order to get enough air in his diaphragm to breathe. That's one of the reasons why he would speak so briefly on the cross. It, uh, it, the longest thing, as we said, was the first verse of Psalm 22, and as he sank back down, I believe that he continued to pray through Psalm 22. And to some degree, that's speculation, but we know this. We know he prayed the first verse. We know why he spoke briefly. And since he was literally fulfilling Psalm 22 at that moment, I believe that he would continue to pray through that. And then at the very end, he said, into your hands I commit my spirit, which is from Psalm, uh, I, I believe it's 32. So Jesus prayed the Psalms. Mm-hmm. It's not the only way to pray. I mean, we, we, we have the model prayer Jesus gave us. And frankly, I believe that if you pray the Bible, you'll pray the elements of the model prayer. We, we never see the apostles later in the New Testament, praying the model prayer, so that's why we take it as a model. We may pray it verbatim, but it's a model, and those are the elements that should be in our prayers. And if we pray the Bible, those elements will be in our prayers. And that's not to say that we can't just spontaneously pray whatever comes to mind as you're driving in the car or walking down the road, but I think for our regular, ongoing, uh, stated times of prayer, so to speak, there's no better way than to pray the Bible. And Jesus, we know, Prayed the Bible. We know in Acts chapter four, uh, the early church prayed the Bible. That place where they prayed and the place was shaken. They were praying mm. from Psalm two.
1: That's that's good stuff. So so Don, as a dad, as a grandpa, uh, for our listeners, how do we how do we incorporate this into our family? How do we how do we teach our our wife, our 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 kids, our grandkids? How do we do that?
2: Well, the best way is just to model it. And uh, when, when there are times you're, you're to pray and they hear you pray, if you pray from the Bible and you do that consistently, I think they'll catch it uh, from, from hearing you do that. But in terms of actual training, what we did in family worship uh, with our daughter was uh, we, would, we would try to pray about at least one thing we had read about. So, for example, if we read John chapter 3, about where Jesus talks about the, to Nicodemus about being born again, uh, I might say, who do we know we can pray for who, like Nicodemus, also needs to be born again? And uh, if the next night, then we're in the next chapter, John chapter 4, the woman at the well, uh, we might pray, okay, who's a woman we know who needs to meet Jesus, like this woman mm-hmm. met Jesus? And that does two things. Number one, it, it trains the family to get your prayers from the Bible to have your prayers guided and shaped by the Bible. And, and secondly, it gives the variety that, that we desperately need. As we begin the, the program, we said the, the almost universal problem is people tend to say the same old things about the same old things. And that's that's boring if you do that enough. And when prayer is boring, you don't feel like praying. If you don't feel like praying, then you don't pray uh, with any fervency or consistency. And the simple, permanent, biblical solution to that is to pray the Bible. So if each night in family worship you you uh, you are in a different chapter that you read, draw from that chapter what you pray about. It's going to be a different prayer every night. It's going to avoid that saying the same old things about the same old things.
1: You know, uh, I, and as you're talking here, Don, I, I also am just kind of reminded how many times our prayers can be so self-absorbing. Um, it's, yeah. it's, it's all about us. And I, I, I think what you're also saying is when we pray the Scriptures— it's going to be a more God-centered. It doesn't mean that we don't pray about ourselves and we don't right. we don't have, we cast our cares and our needs and our concerns and our even our wants, um, but it's going to be more of a God-centered focused prayer than uh, than not.
2: That's right, especially when you use the Psalms, which are so much about praising God. So you talk to Him about being your fortress, your refuge, and you're praising Him, and you know that's an acceptable praise. He inspired that praise. And that, that makes our prayers more God-centered. Even though, as you said, you know we'll pray about about the same old things. That's normal, but in a more God-centered way.
1: Yeah, and I th- I think when that happens, I think uh, again not to we, we we can't twist the arm of God, but I do think that God leans down and, and, and listens in a more eager way, so to speak. Um, when we use His Word and when we have a, a, a God-centered focus in prayer,
2: well, and pray. We must pray, as we said earlier, in accordance with His will. First John tells us that. Then we have no greater assurance for praying the will of God than when we're praying the Word of God. Mm,
1: that's good. So, okay, so Don, um, we're at a Bible study. There's a there's five couples, six couples. H- um, how do you, uh, before we kind of have to wrap up this hour? how should we and lead in prayer, I guess, the same way, right?
2: Yes, uh, and I would say, by and large, you don't want to try to pray through the Bible with a group unless the group has first done so individually. Uh, it, it, so they'll have some idea. If they've done it privately, they'll have an idea of what it's like to do that with others. So th- that would be the first point. But um, now you might say in one way, just, okay, assign everybody a verse. You pray from the first verse. You pray from the second verse in this chapter. You pray from the third verse. Well, the problem there is somebody may get a very difficult verse, and they don't <laughs> know what to do with it, and they blank out, and they're embarrassed. Yeah. Uh, you could have people uh, read the psalm, and then when it's time to pray, just have them choose a verse, read that verse out loud, and, and begin their prayer from that. And that can work fine. But I found that the best way, if you're the prayer leader, you read the psalm or read the passage to begin with, and then just call out, one at a time as needed, those uh, words or phrases that are most conducive to prayer. So you you call out, you know, something like, the Lord is my shepherd. Just about anybody can understand that. And just about anybody can pray uh, from that. And then when it's quiet, you call out, I shall not want. You know, that, that's an easy one, and people can pick up on that and start their prayer with that. And I'm going to avoid calling out the phrases from that passage that that people would not understand, perhaps, or would yeah. find it more difficult to pray through. So I just prompt their prayer uh, with with phrases from the text. Just call it out and let people grab onto that and start praying. Mm, that's
1: good. You know, uh, listeners, I just can't encourage you enough to to, to put this into practice, and uh you know, I, I think about how many times I have prayed Scripture over my family. Um, one of my favorite verses that I pray over my son is uh, 1 Corinthians sixteen, thirteen 13, and 14. I, I pray a simple prayer. Lord, help Drew be on his guard. Lord, help him to stand firm in the faith that the Lord Jesus would be the center and focus of his life, that he would be a man of courage, he would be strong, and he would do everything in love. Lord, help Drew, my son, to live this these two verses out. And, uh, Don, I'm, I'm going to ask you to pray for our men right now as, as they're listening. Would you pray um, just boldly for their strength and courage and to practice this in their own prayer life?
2: Yeah, I'm going to take from one of the Psalms of the day here, Psalm 144, just a couple of verses. Verse 1, Blessed be the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Mm. Lord, these men who are listening um, need training for spiritual warfare. And we know from Ephesians that so much of spiritual warfare is fought on our knees. It's fought in prayer. So through this teaching today, train these men and their, their prayer lives for, for spiritual warfare. Make them greater prayer warriors because they learn to pray the arrows of your word and that this is their weapon. It is indeed the sword of the Spirit. Ephesians tells us, and may they they wield the sword of the Spirit in prayer, praying your word back to you, praying your own words, your will, by means of praying the Scripture. And your word says here, reminds us that man is like a breath. His days are like a passing shadow. There are not many more years uh, for any of us who are listening to this. There are not many more prayers we can utter. We don't, we don't have time to continue saying the same old things about the same old things. So, Lord, may the men who have heard this take action. May they, as they finish listening to this, may they actually sit down and pray through uh, a a psalm, a passage of Scripture. If they're driving in the car, may they just call to mind the verses that they know and turn them into prayer. May they take action. Uh, Our days are so short. We're like a breath. We need to learn to pray better now. We need to pray biblically now. And I pray these men will not just listen, not be just mere hearers of the word, but doers of the word as we finish this program.
0: Mm. Amen. Don, thank you so much. Uh, We we could talk about this for days. But if you want to hear more and read more about this, biblicalspirituality.org. You can buy the book and uh, check out this podcast on iTunes, soundcloud.com, and on Facebook. So thanks for listening to Solid Steps Radio.